Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johns. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also be discussing the final episodes of Hajime Isayama's long-running anime, Attack on Titan. Let's jump straight into the box office breakdown for November 3rd to the 5th. Five Nights at Freddy's retains its top spot. However, it had a massive drop. It only made $19 million, making a 76% drop from the previous weekend. The fourth biggest all-time on record for a major wide release. Yeah, crazy. that's crazy. Yeah, huge, huge drop. After that was the Taylor Swift Eras Tour film made 13 million bringing its domestic total to 160 million and its worldwide total to 230 million dollars crazy mm-hmm. killers of the flower moon with 6.8 million priscilla with 5 million radical 2.6 million the exorcist believer 2.1 million Paw patrol still hanging in there with 2 million after death 2 million what happens later 1.5 million. That's the new Meg Ryan rom-com. And Freelance, 1.2 million. And the box office predictions for November 10th to the 12th. We have a major release this weekend. The newest installment of the MCU, The Marvels. Back in 2018, Captain Marvel made $153 million in its domestic debut. And the current one, the Marvels, the sequel, is now tracking to get sixty million. Abysmal. What a drop. So a massive drop. And there's always potential it could go lower. I'm gonna knock off the hundred and say it's just gonna make fifty three million. Gotcha. Yeah, I think somewhere around there sadly is what it might make. It's just yeah. It's got a lot Terrible. of things going against it. Yeah. At the moment, um, and unless there's a lot of positive word of mouth coming out of it, like the reactions and reviews, but the reviews don't drop until I think Thursday or maybe today or something like the day before it opens, mm-hmm. which is never a good sign. So yeah, it's uh, I would say it's going to be in the fifties as well. Could drop into forties, which would be insane. It sounds like we're talking about the film. weather. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be very downcast for all the people at Marvel Studios. That's for sure. Because, yeah, not for sure. Nope. Um, but, yeah, we will now move into the main segment. Attack on Titan. At long last, we were able to get the finale. It's been a, a long time coming. This is yeah the final season, season four, part three, the final chapters, part two. But it is the end. At long last, we got there. So, what are your thoughts? Did you rewatch any of Attack on Titan preparing to watch this final episode? I did not. I, uh, as you may remember from our previous Attack on Titan episodes, we did too, because we got faked out twice. Um, I did a rewatch the most recent time that we thought the finale was going to happen. Because uh, I wanted to just have all of that in my brain and go into the finale, have it seamless, and 
be able to connect all the dots since it's a very meticulously planned out show and there's so many things that are planted from way way earlier in the season uh series so this time because also as a protest of them not making it a movie i was like you know what i'm not gonna rewatch all of it um and also because again you never know they could have been they could have done yet another twist on us and be like oh there's actually there's another chapter that'll come out next year or something so mm-hmm. i was like let me let me not do that did you rewatch it i did not and it's been a long time since i've because i didn't watch the episode that came out in the first th- two chapters that came out in what march something like that yeah. earlier this year i didn't watch that when it came out because i was like i just can't i just can't keep watching it as it comes out i'm just gonna wait for the whole thing to be done and then i'll watch whatever's left at once so i watched that last night as well as the episode that came out on the fourth and i just i forgot so much (laughs) because it had been so long since i watched it that i just couldn't remember a lot of the characters it had to come back to me slowly and I couldn't remember a lot of like the plot points that had to come back to me, especially the last season. The first three seasons were pretty solid in my memory because it's a lot more simple. It's very straightforward. It's them trying to get outside of the walls. Like I remember a lot of that. The The last season was the, the, the part of the show that I had seen the least. And it was the part that I had forgotten the most of. Like what happens when they get out? Who is who is Falco? <laughs> You forgot who Falco is. I forgot who Falco was, and then I and then I remembered as I watched. I was like, "Oh right, he's that guy." And then I forgot who Gabby was. And I was like, "Oh right, she killed Sasha." Okay, so like I was like slowly piecing I mean, everything back together as I rewatched it, which was rough. I mean, you should have. Uh, well, I guess because yeah, you only did the one watch. Although I can't remember. It's been again. I don't remember those two times that we did it um but that second time that we got faked out i don't think you rewatched the series for that either oh, yeah. so it was it's really been like full it's been like at least year. maybe like a year and a half or two years since i watched any episode of attack on titan so it's been a long time and just forgot so much should have but done it, like a refresher video or something no nah, it's fine but it all it all came back as i was watching it which was which was important. It was. I was glad that I could remember most of it, so I got that much. But that was definitely like it hurt it a lot that they faked it out so many times and pushed it back so much that I had forgotten so much because I just didn't go back and rewatch it. It definitely hurt the viewing. Mm-hmm. My other opinion is that these last final chapters together is two and a half hours. That could have been a movie, man. They could have, they could have just cut it slightly different and just put it in theaters, and it would have been fine, dude. Oh my god, it would have been so good. Yeah, I promised myself. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the whole. It should have been a movie thing again. No, but, I mean, it's, it it's pretty obvious. I mean, at this yeah. point, with like the success of everything else, like Five Nights at Freddy's, such a fan driven event film, like it would have been huge. It would have been yeah. so amazing to see that on the big screen and i'd said this before like if that had been the case i would have rewatched it for that because i would have known yeah getting the ending and it'll be one major event it'll be awesome so i would prepare for that accordingly um but since they didn't do that 
yeah, same deal. I was like, I'm not going to go back and rewatch everything. So I remembered a lot more, but there were definitely finer details of like the things of the Ymir Zeke Aaron connection and what was going on there, the exact yeah. uh, necessity for who needed to be in contact with who to do what. Um, some of that stuff definitely was fuzzy. Um, and so that partially affected some things. Um, but for the most part, generally, I had a good sense of who the characters were, who Falco was. Um, and so <laughs> it was it was mostly solid. And then I was also trying to think back to some of the predictions we had made in one of our other episodes. Because I think we had Brandon on for that. And then the one before that, we had Fernando. Um, but I think it was in the more recent one that we did the actual like prediction stuff. Yeah. I was trying to piece together like what were all the mechanics of like the Titan powers and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, all I really remembered was something to do with um, like what Aaron's actual motivation was. Yeah, how he was right. doing the stuff, and then um, how was he going to be stopped? Because in one way or another, I'm like, yeah, he's not going to be able to fully get in an, a total victory of like pulling off the genocide and he gets to live out a peaceful life. Like something was going to have to happen. Uh, but just at what point in the rumbling was that going to happen and from who? Um, so, yeah, there were some bits of that that I was like, I wasn't exactly sure what I was anticipating was going to happen um, anymore. So that, in a sense, allowed me to just be like, OK, I'm going on the ride. <laughs> because I don't have as strong of a hold on, again, those mechanics anymore. I couldn't be like, okay, here's what might happen or might happen. I was just like, yeah, let's see. Like, take me on the ride. We'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's start talking about these final chapters and, and what we thought of them. You know, I I don't know, going into it, Again, I just, it had lost its appeal a little bit. It got it back because I got excited as I was watching it. But so much of the appeal got lost from waiting for so long, mm -hmm. which was disappointing. Yeah, the momentum wasn't there as would have been if it was in those earlier watch throughs that we were doing. Um, I also did that thing of not watching the first part of part three, those first final episodes that they dropped uh early this year because i knew i was like it's just gonna be a nasty little cliffhanger why am i gonna do that to myself so i was like i'll just wait until the final final episodes come out and just watch them yeah back to back that, that would have been a costumes. nasty cliffhanger it would have been so i'm like i'm not gonna do that to myself i know i know the show too well of how they work so i was like let me just wait and so i think that was definitely helpful in like priming me, getting me back into the AOT mindset. Um, but yeah, ultimately on the finale, I am mixed with it. I agree. And I think it'll definitely need to have like some someday later down the line. I will rewatch it um, and be able to get that in context of the rest of the series mm -hmm. with it being much more fresh. But there are definitely some things that I think potentially would sour on me even more if I did have all the like extreme knowledge and familiarity with the previous seasons going into this one. Um, mm. Because 
yeah, just some things, I don't know, I don't know if they fully stuck the landing, but then other things were incredible. A lot of the animation, of course, in this is wild. So good. So well done. Oh, yeah. um, so that's a standout. It's always, again, the voice acting, all that stuff is impeccable. So a lot of that works, but there were a lot of things that left me either unsatisfied or confused. So we'll we'll talk about all of those things as we go through it. Mm-hmm. For the initial batch of those final chapter episodes, the one from earlier this year, starting with the rumbling, we can see everything that's happening with that. Um, we get the whole thing of the, the kid that's like getting beat up in the alley and Aaron's like, oh, should I save him or not? Because either way, I'm responsible for his death sometime down the line with the rumbling. And then I thought that was a very effective little portion there of him like pulling the side, crying profusely, trying to explain things to him. And then we see if we're intercutting with that and the rumbling and he gets absolutely demolished by the Colossal Titans. The the only thing I could think of when I saw the scene of him like crying after he like saves the kid and he's crying and apologizing for what he had to do. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is uh, the stories of Mike Tyson going into the ring and just crying profusely for his opponent <laughs> and saying that he was sorry for what he had to do. <laughs> Which is like the scariest thing you could ever see in the ring. Mm-hmm. Is your opponent just crying because he knows what he has to do to you. It's terrifying. That's all I could think of. I thought it was really funny. But yeah, the rumbling scenes in the beginning of this episode are crazy. It's, it's it, it goes hard on the violence like i was like oh ooh, ooh. it's a lot it's a lot to watch even if it's just animated it is brutal mm-hmm. yeah they Most don't pull rough. their punches there when they squish the two kids and then it does the wide shot and they're like just the blood is everywhere oh god it is yeah it is the most violent the show has been ever uh-huh which is saying a lot yeah, it's impressive to be able to raise the bar on that yeah. for sure like this. I thought as well the whole moment of young Aaron being up in the clouds, arms spread out, and he's like, oh, finally, like, this is it. This is freedom. And then it does that little tilt up from what the actuality is of what he's seeing underneath him, like destroyed, bloody ruins. And then it tilts up to what he's imagining like this represents the just free open sky. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, that was great. Hanji later on in that uh, those initial chapters for the finale stuff. She goes out in a blaze of glory, quite literally. So yeah. Rest in peace to her. Um, I thought it was a good choice to have her go out like this and to have her go out in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we needed, we needed people to be biting the dust to make this feel a lot more impactful and intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her doing this sacrifice, you know, she was the leader of the scouts. She recognized that we can't waste any of the potential like firepower we have with the Titans to stop these people on a suicide mission. So she's the one that stuck behind. So she got a great moment there to uh, go crazy, kill a whole bunch of those massive wall titans. 
Um, and then when she does die, she gets to see the previous people in the uh, the Scout Corps, including my man Irwin. He's back. He's back. Uh, Beautiful man. Yeah. So that was that was cool to see him. Uh, gotta say though, why they keep skipping my man Levi for commander? She you know, she's uh, like Armin. Armin, it's got to be you. And it's like, does it? Levi is has been the captain for however long. He's clearly I don't know if Levi wants it, right? I mean, maybe not. But it's like, hey, isn't that the whole thing? Like, you may not want it, but you were the one that requires it. I know the whole thing of like between Erwin and Armin, it was like Armin clearly had those leadership capabilities and he's the tactician, but Levi also is, I mean, he's able to hatch a plan and all this. Yeah, I think Armin was always meant to be the leader of the scouts at the end because it has to end up being Armin versus Aaron duking it out in those big old Titan bodies going, whoppa, (laughs) whoppa. So it could have, I mean, he didn't need to be the scout leader. I mean, that happened because he was the colossal titan because he was the scout commander so no but i mean like story-wise i think it, it, it like not only needed to literally be Aaron versus armin but like in the story as leaders they needed to be opposed to one another mm. like if levi was the leader of the scouts it would have just been like oh levi's the leader of the scouts but in the story if you make armin not only is it like set up that armin is destined to lead the scouts because they choose armin over erwin at the end of season three but i mean i think it, it is a good touch to have the two at leading the forces against each other at the end of the show i guess but i mean they're already opposed against each other and there is way, no story advantage there's no story advantage to levi leading the scouts other than your satisfaction i don't think there's that much advantage to Armin getting it either. The whole thing of like them being past friends and now they're turning against each other. I feel like that's solid enough. I don't think it, there's any added layer from him being the scout commander now because they're already just a ragtag team of like six, like eight people fighting against uh, Aaron. So either way, it, it doesn't feel like it matters that much. But if you're going to give it to anyone, my boy Levi, I mean, he's right there. He's in shambles. He's all bandaged up. Like, dang, give him a win. But, I mean, Levi doesn't want it either. So, I mean, that yeah. makes sense, I guess. So, there you go. The um, But when you're called upon, you do your duty. And Levi would have done it. But whatever. The Marley Eldians. So, like, Annie's, uh, Annie's dad, Renner's mom. They're up there with, like, the last sort of bastion of humanity up on that uh, cliff face. And they... They are now finally realizing how awful it was that they were participating in that cycle of violence and they were not raising their kids. They were just training weapons to send out and inflict pain on people that have wronged them. So then they're all distraught about that revelation. And then we also see in those airships, they try and send a bombing run on Aaron and the wall titans. But of course... That goes terribly awry. So it has to be our gang of scouts coming in to save the day. The underdogs. Exactly. To commence the battle of heaven and earth, as they call it. So Interesting, interesting, interesting name. I like it. Mm-hmm. 
so they had the uh, past iterations of the Nine Titans mm-hmm. all chilling out on the massive skeleton of Aaron. Yeah. And our gang drops down into there and then they're having to fight each other. So this whole sequence, the action that was going on here, what were your thoughts on that? I thought the idea of using the past iterations of the Titans was really, really cool. I don't think they utilized it to the max. I thought it was cool. I just, we briefly see like Titans that we had fought earlier in the show and there's no like emphasis on them as much as I wish there was, but they only have, you know, 30 minutes to do this part of the story. So it's, it's, it is a time crunch to do a lot. Mm hmm. But it was cool to see Berthold again. We did Good see, see the man. the classic colossal titan villain. Very true. Yeah, I did like getting to to see those past iterations, but I was confused of whether it was like, is it actually them? Like, are there are they still inhabiting those titans, and they've just been like resurrected at this moment by Ymir, basically to be. Mm-hmm. those uh titans or were they just like projections getting created by the war hammer titan that well Aaron somehow has? somehow they fight back well yeah so that makes it seem like it is so, in so fact, they really are still in there, there but if emir or if using the founding titan powers Aaron can control all eldians i guess if he's not controlling the scouts he might as well not control the things on his back if their souls are still in there but also wasn't he already doing that initially? Like, I don't think their first instinct upon being resurrected would be to fight for Aaron. Right. And I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe all of those Titans want the extinction of the planet, so they were all in on the plan. I don't know, but they didn't emphasize that. It seemed like they were just resurrecting the bodies of the Titans and using their bodies. But then mm-hmm. they fought back, and they, I don't know. It didn't, wasn't solid. Wasn't solid. Right, I like the idea of Armin meeting Zeke and then convincing him that there are things in life worth living for that aren't for the sake of survival, that there are things to enjoy in life beyond multiplying and just mm-hmm. being a successful thing piece of life. And that being the thing that they use to convince the Titans to fight on their side. I just wish they had explained what those resurrected titans were a little more just to make that a little more clear right yeah i thought that would have been helpful but i do also like the particularly when they had armin talking about the leaf from Mm -hmm. the windy day when he was rolling up running up the hill with Mm -hmm. his best friends but zeke is seeing the baseball so he's seeing like an object that's more important to him i thought that was great i still thought it was funny that uh Zeke had just never thought about like the little things in life also being yeah. important. Um, I would have liked if they had leaned into a bit more of like he had gotten so obsessed with this like euthanasia plan and all this and be like, that's what has to happen. And he has to be this sort of savior figure and everything that he lost sight of that rather than this being like his first revelation of, oh snap, like maybe there's things in life that or cool that aren't specifically geared towards survival or trying to multiply, right? The whole thing of like, Oh, every organism, every living thing is trying to reproduce. Um, 
I feel like somewhere along the way he would have enjoyed something in life and been like, oh yeah, it's not all about just trying to survive, but him like getting progressively deeper into this this plan where he, he is explicitly trying to like save the world, partially by eliminating it, his whole euthanasia plan. Um, that I think just was would have been a little bit helpful to, to showcase mm-hmm. why Armin was able to bring him back. Um, but it was a really nice way to go into his backstory the whole you know playing catch with uh that one guy that was his father figure Mm. um definitely if you were going to do it that way it had to be related to something very personal to zeke and so they did that particularly well i thought um but yeah it, it is interesting though as well of zeke because he didn't want the rumbling and Armin, when he talks to him, he's like, oh, like there's better things to live for. So then that helps him stand against the rumbling and calling upon those other titans that we've seen in the past mm-hmm. to start fighting against Eren. Um, so he could do that for a few of them, which I guess was him giving them their freedom to choose what, who they wanted to fight for. And so they chose fighting against Eren. But he couldn't do that for all the other titans that we see. Which, again, it seems like they should be actually there, right? They're just being controlled. but They should be available. So could he have done the same thing for all of them? Like, given them the choice of who to fight for? I don't know. I don't I know, know that worked out. Yeah. But they were able to get, like, a handful of them, which was enough to make a stand and rescue Armin. And I thought that sequence was beautifully animated too but also just great construction of like each member of the gang basically helping out to save Aaron or not Aaron rather Armin get him out of that mm. pig creature thing yo copy exactly so I thought that was a, a great little touch and of course they had Ani showing up since she was initially going to stay behind mm. um, but then yeah she is essentially forced the boat is in shambles and then falco is like yo i can fly so she's like all right i'll come along and is able to help save armin in that moment so that's great yeah another amazing thing levi kills zeke long time going desperately needed to see this i'm sure in the previous episodes we've talked about i mentioned this but i just i need to see zeke get taken out of course i mean they've made him much more complex than when we initially saw him as a beast titan and just like this pure uh antagonistic force but even still i was always holding on to fact i'm like that boy's gotta go for what he did to erwin and all those scouts and everything um he had to go and levi was finally able to make it happen love that beautiful and then Mm -hmm. the rumbling stops after Zeke gets beheaded. And that was the thing where I was like, oh, is that, was that part of why we needed to get rid of Zeke? Because at that point, I don't think he was needed for the rumbling. It was Aaron and Ymir, they were together. Ymir has all the founding power. Why would they need Zeke to do the rumbling i don't know why him why was zeke needing why do they need to touch in the first place was it the beast titan needs to touch 
the what was it? God, why did they need to touch? <laughs> it's because well, he was the royal blood, so Aaron just needed to get in contact with a member of royal blood because oh. they're the ones that can control the founder Ymir. So that's what he was trying to do. Um, so he only needed Zeke to get in contact with Ymir. And then that's when Aaron liberated Ymir, basically. And mm-hmm. so Ymir chose Aaron's plan of rumbling instead of Zeke's plan of euthanasia. So that's why Maybe. it's like, it doesn't make sense that Zeke is required at this point. Maybe he lost connection with Ymir because he doesn't have that royal blood to but, talk to her. And that's why he separated from the worm thing, which is Ymir, I guess. Yeah, but that happens slightly later on. If that's the moment when the rumbling stopped, that would make sense. But it's like Zeke dies and then the rumbling stops. But Ymir's still around. Aaron's still mm-hmm. around. So it should have been their connection, which they have in the pads. Um, that should have been the thing that's driving the rumbling but again maybe there's some specific lore reason or whatever mechanic of the titan stuff that uh explains it but mm-hmm. wasn't sure about that but zeke does get to uh redeem himself a bit but still gets his comeuppance for yeah all the wild stuff he was doing previously but the beast titan's cool as fuck though like when, when you're first watching the show and you see him and he starts talking you're like what the fuck yeah, that's a good moment. Monkey. Big monkey man with big arms throwing bait balls. <laughs> exactly. So we get that. We get the big old uh, John gets to go up there and hit the dynamite. Armin gets to nuke against uh, the little worm thing that's popping right. out. And then the rest of his, his colossal skeleton. titan power just being a nuclear bomb is still so funny. <laughs> Because Bertolt just got big. Like, he just got big and knocked walls over and stuff and could walk around. But, but Armin just nuclear bombs. Yeah. Things. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. So, and this is where, again, a lot more questions were popping up. For instance, if the worm thing, like, that was the thing that kicked off everything with Ymir, the founder of Ymir, 2,000 years ago. That is supposed to be the source of the titan powers right so if that gets separated how would Aaron still be alive and kicking and then also able to use the titan powers and then same with ymir is she is she the worm at this point or is she not the worm the worm is its own entity but she's still drawing power from the worm but now the worm's like doing its own thing it's trying to get back to Aaron. um but we can still see that he can do things, Aaron can. And then the worm starts doing its own thing of like, does the gas thing and is able to turn some of those Eldians into the Titans. So Connie bah. and Jean get. Uh, Connie and Jean got Titanified. Bah. God. Bah. I was mad. You were mad? I was mad, dude. I was like, God damn it. You didn't want to see him get turned? No, I like Connie and Jean, man. Yeah, Fuck. I mean, I did too, but I was like, that's, that's a bold move. I it is like a bold it. move. I did like it too. I was just mad. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. I do wish they hadn't gone back on it. Because they, I mean, I mean, it makes sense why they go back on it. The Titan powers go away. 
there can't be any more Titans at all, living or dead. Like Titan powers, Titan abilities, all the Titan stuff has to go away, which makes sense. But that was a bold move, and it 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 really hurt. And damn, yeah, it was a good good choice, crazy thing. But yeah, they didn't really follow up. And I thought because you have the worm is like again trying to rush back to Aaron. Reiner mm-hmm. is stopping it, and then. I think he, he like husband Annie or Annie and whoever to come help him, but peak. Yeah, we've seen them fight against a bunch of like random titans before, mm-hmm. and so that would make sense. But they're fighting against this worm creature, which who knows what its powers are or its strength or whatever. They're trying to hold it back, but then that's when those other titans that he created, the worm created, come up. And then he's seeing, oh no, like my mom, Connie, Jean, they're turned. And that would have been, I think, really compelling to explore. Like, do they get rid of those people, like those Titans that are closing in on them and would be stopping them from being able to successfully hold back the worm? But then they don't really follow up on that. Like, they just sort of, they successfully hold off the worm and don't get ripped apart by those titans i felt like they there was definitely a moment there where they could have heightened the the like down point in the the fight right make it very dire for them and sort of hopeless they could have i think leveraged that a bit more that they Mm. they um one thing i do think was really great again about like the rumbling and how horrific it is they had the crowd of people that was running away from the rumbling but then they get up to the cliff and there's the sea below and people are just getting pushed off so they're trying to run and run and run and so people are getting knocked off and the one woman with the baby starts passing the baby back through the crowd she gets kicked off but then people are still like saving the baby i thought that whole thing was incredible and then especially when they showed like when the titans are destroyed the baby is still there is saved like that was just fantastic. That was like classic Attack on Titan stuff, mm-hmm. focusing in on a random innocent family or innocent child or whatever, showing how the destruction is ripping apart their lives, but then having little sprinkles of hope in there mm-hmm. of things being able to be okay. So that baby does get saved, which was fantastic. Yeah. Now, truly getting to the stuff where it's like, okay, what is what is going on Get here? In there. Did this all work? Did Dig this all actually it. fit together? Because Attack on Titan beautifully thought out, planned out, meticulously detailed throughout the entire series. So mm-hmm. I'm coming in here, again, a little fuzzy on those details, but thinking it's all going to fit together like a perfect puzzle piece. Sure. And I'm not sure that it did. There's some lingering questions. Yeah, not so resolved on future viewings but it didn't all quite click at least immediately so first off the thing with mikasa like having that vision fantasy memory what is it who knows so so i think it was the same thing that aaron had with armin it was a conversation that aaron had with mikasa previously but it was a memory that he had erased that didn't come back to her until after he killed her. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what is implied, that that's what that is. And the problem with that would be, which I don't know if you would remember, but Mikasa is an Ackerman. Yeah. And Ackermans are supposed to be untouched by the founding Titan's ability to manipulate memories. Oh, right. That was what was established. Was that a lie that maybe Aaron had given? I don't know if that it was Aaron that initially like gave that info. So somewhere along the way, whenever we first found that out, was that just a lie that was planted there in order to make Mikasa think that this was the case, but then he could actually all this time affect the Ackerman's memories? I am not sure as far as that goes. Um, so that shouldn't be possible of Aaron, like going and having that conversation, then wiping Mikasa's memory. Um, or if it's something that wasn't like a previous conversation, if it's some sort of false memory that he's implanting in her right now, that also doesn't make much sense because that would be like some sort of manipulation of her mind, which shouldn't be a power that he has. So that was what was making me very uh, confused at that moment. Fair. But I do think that choice of showing her this, like what could have been of like them getting to live out a peaceful life for them, but it's still surrounded by all the destruction that's to come to the Island and to all their friends and everything. Um, It's just some way to urge her to go through with it and kill him. I thought that was something that was needed, right? She needed some sort of uh, impetus to go out and do that. And so she got it. It also hit seeing uh, like Aaron in the season three sort of style. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen that from MAPPA, like the new animation studio when they switched from season three to four. Yeah. Maybe we've seen glimpses, but it's definitely been a while. And I was like, oh, snap like so tragic what could have been and how much he's changed yeah Um, but yeah he tells her look you got to do it and then just move on like get rid of the scarf and just live out your life be free and so she goes ahead and it's like everyone help me get to Aaron. and again if if this is like part of what he wants to happen it makes sense that they were relatively easily able to like launch an attack for her to get inside the Titan's mouth and then attack him. Um, Would you call it an attack happened. on Titan? Very nice. Thank Beautiful. You. Attack Thank on the attack Titan. Great. And so they, she goes in and straight up slices that boy's head off. Yeah. Damn. It happened very quickly. I was like, she said, let me get to her. Let me get to Aaron. I was expecting like a really long battle, like to get in there. And she just, just blew through that man's teeth and just, that's what I thought too. I was One like, blow. wow. I was like, I was like, damn. That's I was remembering it. like how intense it was to fight off the armor Titan and uh, Beast Titan and Colossal Titan in season three. Like yeah. when they had all those attempted plans and they were doing all this and it wasn't working. It was like Here, six episodes like, worth of story. Yeah. She was like, get me close to him. And then they did. And I don't even know if everyone like was Reiner and Ani. Were they helping out? I don't know. I, it was just they like, they were holding like the worm. Uh, Falco, um, which also, just a side note, 
how the heck can Falco fly? I get his I name know. is Falco, but that does not mean you become <laughs> a Falcon when you transform into a Titan. He's also the Jaw Titan. They had said some stuff about like, oh, the the Beast Titan and then the the spinal fluid or whatever, which again, I'm fuzzy on how that stuff happened, but how would that make him have the Beast Titan's powers? And also, for the Beast Titan, is it that you just become a random animal? Like, is it just, like, uh, Zeke became a monkey, but do other ones just become any random animal? I mean, I guess that's kind of cool, but it's like, how how does that get decided exactly? Um, So, again, it was... It was fascinating. I mean, I, it definitely calls back to the first time we see Falco. He wakes up from a dream. This is what, oh, I remember, yeah, because we were like, oh, he he was like, oh, I woke up from a dream where I was flying. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, that's fascinating. Very reminiscent of Aaron waking up from a dream and saying like, oh, is this long dream? So we were like, oh, is he remembering something from the future so that he might one day obtain the attack Titan, which has the ability to see its future inheritors memories and then it can get sent back and all that mumbo jumbo but he nope. didn't ever get the titan so i was able to dream that it was just a random dream and then it, you know what yeah it came true good for falco he was able to fly um but anyway so we see mikasa do that very easily again getting into the mouth and then doesn't hesitate that was was surprising i was we see aaron like look up at her and i was like "Ooh, this girl is she gonna be able to do it and then she did she did not hesitate she said get that thing out um and then she kisses his decapitated head dude i was sitting alone at at like 12 10 a.m last night watching this and i saw that happen out loud i went crazy i went crazy (laughs) wow i can't remember that that was a bold choice if i had an audible like reaction to it but i was definitely thinking in my head i was like that's crazy like homegirl you could have just done that before you cut his head off number one number two you also could have just not done that like blood dripping down from his neck no i dig it the shot is wild and whatever it is wild i mean the shot is wild because it's a shot of the inside of his mouth his teeth are blown out like the titan teeth are blown out emir is standing behind them and she's standing in the corner just kissing a, a beheaded aaron yeah. Wild. I, I think it was a bold choice and I stand I stand by it. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's uh fascinating for sure and bold. I don't know that I <laughs> would have made that choice. Again, it's just like that's a bit crazy because I mean, dang, you could have all this time you could have acted on the scene. She never got to kiss him before. He's dead. He's now dead. She never got to kiss him. So she had to do it. Beheaded. Yeah, holding up the his face, <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, see, I don't know, I don't know about that one. Not the. Uh, I think it's crazier that. Well, I, it's interesting for something Mikasa would do. I think it's crazier when she walks up to Armin after everything and he sees the head and he grabs it and holds it. I don't think I would hold the head, even if I was Armin. Even in that situation, man. If I saw you dead, Ryan, and it was just your head, I wouldn't grab your head and hold it and be like, "Oh, Ryan, oh, Ryan." I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> I mean, these 
these people have gone through a lot, I guess, in war. So maybe it's less uh, the first head they've crazy seen for them. Yeah, to, yeah. So they've seen that a lot. I mean, I just saw Zeke get beheaded not too long ago. So, um, yeah, that Brother, was Levi. Levi grabs Zeke's head and kisses it. <laughs> 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 he always loves Zeke. He loves the Beast wow. Titan. Enemies to lovers out of nowhere. That'd be wild. Um, so then we have, so that wrapped up that chapter. Then we have the final, final one. So it begins with Aaron and Armin talking. Not sure, again, the mechanics of them being kids at first. Like, because it can't have been Aaron actually as a kid. Because that would have required older Aaron telling young Aaron everything and then wiping his own memory. But we don't see that happen. So I don't know why they decided to make like young Armin and young Aaron be the ones like having this conversation and it like progresses throughout them getting older. Um, it's just a way, I guess, to show them again as kids and be like, dang, look at how far they've come. Mm. But then when we get to them at the points that they are at now, we see them having a conversation and Aaron is like trying to explain himself, explain what happened. We get the 80% number Oof. of people that were killed in the rumbling. Rough. Yeah, that is quite a a genocide that he committed there. Um, and then this one, it just started out, it was very jarring initially, which is intentional. But as they kept progressing, I was like this, I don't know how I feel about this, especially Armin being so chummy with Aaron after learning mm-hmm. about this like devastating news of 80%. This is what I was thinking of like, Dylan, if you ever came up to me and was like here's what's gonna happen i'm gonna wipe out 80 percent of the world we're standing okay. in a pool of blood with flesh all around us <laughs> exactly. and i'm like i'm like by the way ryan i know this looks jarring looking at all this but i'm in your mind right now and i'm i'm telling you this you're gonna forget this but in two months time i'm going to massacre 80 percent of the of earth's population what do you mm-hmm. think i would be like bro don't <laughs> Yeah, please stop. Please stop. No, think of children. Um, I would not be like, you know what? You have some good points there. And also, I've done bad things too. I don't know, Ryan. So, I think I can win you over. No. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty charismatic. But Armin straight up, he was just like, yeah, nobody's I think perfect. I, I we've, think all, I, we've all done I, bad things. I think I'd be on my knees and I think I'd look up at you with my doe eyes and be like, but you get it right. And you'd be like, ah, yeah, I get it, yeah. Not in the slice. And Armin, too, he was like, you know what? I sure some blame in this. Like, I maybe shouldn't have shown you the book. It's like, what? It's like, oh, I gave you, you know what, Dylan? You're right. When I gave you that one random book that set you on this genocidal path. You should never have given me the the full and complete uh, book of Wicked, (laughs) the musical. It set me on this path of mass genocide. Exactly. So, yeah, it just, I don't know, the way, again, at the end, he was like, man, we've done awful things. I'll see you in hell. We'll be together forever there. And then they were looking, and they were looking at each other in an intense way. I thought, I was like, no shot. They're about to kiss right here. Because the music was swelling. They were like looking, their eyes were twinkling. And then they just hit him with a big hug. Bro, not after he, not after Aaron went and like, fully confessed his love for Mikasa and was like, I hope that she simps over me for 10 years after I'm dead. <laughs> I know. No that was shot, a, bro. 
That was wild. That's the thing that earned the punch too, right? Yeah, remember. it is. It is. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Dare you mistreat Mikasa that way? He says that after he gets punched. Right. But what made him punch him? Wasn't it the thing that he said of like... He Mikasa? said something about Mikasa, yeah. Yeah, it was something there. And so he was like, how could you hurt Mikasa that way? Which, very true, valid. Like, Aaron, you're horrible. Like, you mistreated her her whole life. And it was obvious how much she cared about you. And then now he's like, no, I don't want her to have another man. She needs to be all about me. And it's like, she has been, you, you schmuck. And then you couldn't have, like done things differently in the real world but anyway that's besides the point so they i think it's interesting that this conversation takes place after the scene in the first part of season four where the what is it it's mikasa and armin are like tied down to chairs by the jaegerists and aaron is like talking to them in that and it's when he says uh uh, i like i always hated you to mikasa yeah i think it's interesting that it takes place after that it's like the idea that he had to do this thing to like make them hate him. And then he felt so bad about it. So guilty about it that he manipulated Armin's memory to be able to just tell him, Hey man, that's not how I really feel. I'm really sorry. You're going to get this memory back when I'm dead, but just know, oops, like, that's wild. <laughs> right. He felt so guilty that he had to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we get to see that glimpse of, I guess, Aaron's true feelings, which is that he also loves Mikasa, but Again, I mean, I could see the friendship angle there, but not this intense of a uh, a love extended to her. So, um, you don't think you don't think they made good love interests? I think they could have if there was a shred of attention that Aaron gave to Mikasa. Yeah, it's pretty bad. mysterious. <laughs> it's really bad. So, yeah. The uh, the other thing, too, about this is when we're trying to get, like, Aaron's motivation. And this is, I think, one of the biggest sticking points is what was he trying to do? Because I felt like Aaron's a very complex character. And he's so yeah. well-written. That whole idea of, like, this trauma that kicked everything off of, like, losing his mom. And then even before that, we know he hated being within the walls. He hated feeling caged, being a caged animal. There's the symbolism of the birds, right? Being able to be free. Um, so this idea of freedom as like the prevalent driving force for him, I think was very compelling. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I think the idea of him being a slave to freedom, like this obsession that he has with it is mm-hmm. influencing his actions and all this. And so he's not really able to enjoy his life. I think that, is a very compelling approach. However, they also sort of try and mingle that in with him being part of this predestined time loop that he's unable to break out of. And so for that reason, he's like not free, like all these choices were already made and he's basically just following that path that was laid out for him, which is also somewhat like compelling because it has the idea that irony of him being so obsessed with freedom, but then not being free himself. Mm. However, the time loop thing is just, it doesn't work. Because it, this whole thing, like for instance, what you just said there, like him having to push away Mikasa and Ar- Armin, 
why is that necessary if everything is predestined? Why couldn't he just tell them the plan? Why did he need to wipe their memories afterwards? Why couldn't he just say like, oh, here's the plan. I'm going to do this thing. It's written. It will not be changed. You can try and stop me. You won't be able to. But then you actually will stop me at the end. And so, yeah, we'll be all peachy, hunky-dory. Like, if it is truly predestined, which is what he makes it sound like it is, then he should be able to do that and it will be fine. The other issue with, like, the whole predestined thing is why with the paths, which is supposed to be outside of time, right? Past, Mm -hmm. present, future, it's all condensed in one. So the 2,000 years in real life from Ymir getting the powers to now don't exist in the paths. So why is it that Ymir was unable to do what she did at the end of this, these 2000 years, seeing Mikasa kill Eren. Why couldn't she have done that at any point in the 2000 years? If she sees that that's what's going to happen. And if Eren also sees that that's what's going to happen. And that's also what's destined to happen. Like if there is any way to influence that, then okay. Then we have, you know, some agency there. Things aren't set in stone. But if they're not, if they are all destined, and that's how things are supposed to happen, and you can see that when you're in the paths, why wouldn't she have been able to just stop the Titan curse way earlier? But that's a separate point. I just wanted to ask it's love, first. Right? Your, um, it's love, Tars. It's love, love. It's always been so love. the the motivations that we get for Aaron. So we get those. We get to see, like he says, oh, he's an idiot as well. Earlier, I think in the first chapters, he was saying like, oh, humanity outside the walls didn't match what I saw in that book and he wanted to wipe it away, like have the clean slate of no humans on earth mm-hmm. outside the wall. He also floated the idea of like he wanted to make the friends out to be heroes so that they wouldn't be attacked. And I just feel like which one is it? Cause there can be complexity in his motivations there, but some of these I feel like aren't able to exist at the same time. Because again, if his whole plan was to make his friends out to be heroes, why wouldn't he have let them in on the plan? And if it's predestined again, and that shouldn't influence the plan, um, playing out the way it's supposed to, why couldn't he have just told them, here's what is going to happen, number one, so it can't change, but two, here's why I'm doing it, so that you can be free and not have to deal with this other stuff. That's the other issue, though, is he says... The rest of the world is now down to 20% and all the like military infrastructure is destroyed. They're on the same technological level as the Eldians. So it wasn't even really that they all were finding this diplomatic peace between the Eldians and the remnants of the rest of the world because some of the Eldians fought back against Eren. It's because they just literally don't have the capacity to fight back. Like the military is gone, so they can't attack Eldia. And that's mm-hmm. why it's safe. If that was the plan to just like, oh, I want to give you guys a small period of freedom in your lives so you can just live out the rest of your lives without fear of attack. Why couldn't you just had targeted attacks against the military infrastructure of all those other countries? And then that would achieve the same effect instead of the rumbling. Why that was that the original happen? idea, right? Because what's her name? The the blonde bitch with the broken arm points out like the the <laughs> military. That's what Levi hey. calls her. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, she she points out the the military bases on the rest of the planet that he needs to attack in order to decimate their forces, as well as the uh, airship base at the end that he has to go get. It was like the last stop. But I mean, I guess in the process, he just got to kill eighty percent of the people. You know, that's just <laughs> well, that's along what he, the he way. Saying. So that's like if if that was the plan, it would have made sense to do the attacking those military targets. But Aaron didn't just want to like it's not all just for his friends, and they were sort of like making it seem somewhat it's, like it's it partly about kind vengeance. of was. It's yeah, it's about the vengeance, and it's it should have been mainly about like this idea of freedom, like his impossible ideal of freedom and that he feels he needs to destroy the freedom of everyone else around the world in order to achieve that. That should have been like the primary goal there, but they sort of we're like making it half and half and it's like i don't really think that can work like if he's doing this rumbling putting his friends in harm's way and all this it's it's not for them it should have just been like that selfish desire that he had um to obtain freedom and he's so just bent out of shape and like ruined basically that the only way he can see to do that is destruction of everyone else which mm. that too i don't like they float the idea of like oh i, I tried other possibilities and this was the only way, like, that's a thing that should have been a lie. Like, Aaron wouldn't have tried other possibilities. Or at least, I don't think in his character, he should have been. And I also don't think, like, this isn't a, a situation where the Attack Titan, you can just try out different alternate timelines. I don't think that's part of the power either. So that doesn't make sense as, like, him saying, I tried different ways. It's like Doctor um, Strange out there. Yeah, like, looking at all the future possibilities. I don't think that's one of the Titan powers. It's just like getting future memories from whatever the choice is that he had made um, and whatever the future turns out to be. So yeah, that just didn't hold water for me that much. Um, and then again, the Ymir thing, love, loving King Fritz. Where did that come from? How does she love King Fritz? Ooh, ooh she loves him explain explain you don't get it ryan sometimes you love the ones you shouldn't you know and sometimes for, you love them for two thousand years yeah it's a long time to be caught up in a uh, toxic relationship which wasn't even a relationship again yeah. she was like she's like a slave wife she was a slave she? to him yeah like that was the thing if they made it that of she still felt bound to but what what if he was like him. super cute like super cute <laughs> For 2,000 <laughs> years, she was hung up. She never saw one other person. Through all hey, the man. years in the paths, as being able to see everything any LDN sees, she never saw one person that was cuter than King Fritz. Mikasa loved Aaron so much that even after she killed him, she stayed devoted to him. Which is also scarf. bad. That's not yeah. the thing that should have happened. She should have moved on. That's what's so tragic. Is Bro, she's never whole... simp. She's number Char two simp. Ymir is number one simp. <laughs> yeah, Mikasa doesn't quite compare yet. But she, she would have gone for 4,000, no doubt. Mikasa would have if she could. Um, yeah. yeah, they made her still, like, she's she's wearing that crusty scarf in the grave. Like, she takes yeah. it all the way to the grave. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay do a, a steel man for that side of it of like well she does have the choice to love Aaron like she's not like that whole Ackerman thing of she's 
bound to serving um, the founding Titan or whatever. So she didn't have a choice in there. Well, now she does, right? Aaron's gone. The Titans are gone. The Ackerman powers as well shouldn't be influencing her. So she's making the choice to love Aaron for the rest of her life and not moving on. It's like, no, that's that's sad. She shouldn't have her whole character be oriented around Aaron, which is what it was throughout the rest of the thing, which is okay because we get to lead to the moment of her letting go of him. But if she's kissing his beheaded head, going and doing a burial for him, visiting him all the time, still wearing the scarf, and so she's not effectively moving on from him, and we don't see, I don't know, I can't remember if we officially see if she, like, gets a family with anyone else or anything like that. I couldn't see because the damn screen was so goddamn small on the TV. In the end credit thing, yeah. In the end credits. I was, like, I was like trying to lean in to see what character, because, like, the first thing is it's Mikasa sitting there. And then it cuts to the people who are on the ship are now with Mikasa at the gravestone. I'm like, okay, great. I can see who's there. They're all hanging out with Mikasa. Then it starts cutting to other shit, and I can't see who's who. At one point, there was a car there, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, make it bigger, damn it. I can't see what's happening. Fuck the credits. Just make that part bigger. Right. But Uh, if it had been on a movie theater screen, I could have seen it clearly. Very Mm. true. Very true. Mm, That's all I could think about. That's all I could think about during those scenes. I was like, I can't see the fucking... God. Terrible. Yeah, so I can see the vision of like Ymir and Mikasa having the parallel both in love with someone that's mistreating them horribly and they need to find a way to let go. And so Ymir sees Mikasa being able to do that and then does it herself. Again, my question though, is if she is this all powerful being that can see everything in the paths, right? She constructed the paths that did not exist before her. So she dies in real life, which again, should have been her like release and freedom from King Fritz. But for whatever reason, she still loves him, I guess. Which again, like most it's insane hot. case of Stockholm syndrome in it's the hot. world. If two thousand years, she's ready to like do all this. Um, if they just made it like her kids, that would have been more like understandable. But even then, it's like, why are you constructing this? Um, if you know it's all going to be terrible, but then why set it all up for two thousand years down the line to end it? Why not just end it? in the beginning, whatever. Anyway, so she she has the power of the paths, the founding power, to be able to yeah. see everything, right? This is also what was unclear of, like, was Aaron making all those choices himself based off, like, what he saw in his future and past, or was Ymir guiding him in some way, making him think that this is what needs to happen? Why was she doing it, though, if not to get to this point where she could be freed and she can end the titan curse but if she's planting the seeds for Aaron and mikasa to get to the points that they need to be in order for ymir to have this change of no longer needing to serve fritz and uphold the titan curse why couldn't she have just done that anyway at any point in time like if she she's just powerful. see it to believe it bro she she could see in the future she was like no nah, no shot she does that no shot she kills him <laughs> I got to get there. I got to get there and see it for myself in person, in the present, because no shot she does that. And then Mikasa does not she goes, whoa, I was wrong. So, wow, she I did. can't believe it. She Grinch. actually went for it. My, my visions of the future were completely accurate. That's crazy. All right. Well, yeah, but it's like. More Titans, I guess. I guess I'm not in love with King Fritz. Boom. You see that in the future. It should, um, it should just be something you can already act on now, because if you're outside of time, you know what happens in the future. You know that that ends up happening. You should be able to just be like, okay, then right now I will end it 
2000 years ago, right? If she's supposed to be able to see all this at once. So that was, I was talking with Brandon um, about this, where he was like, we're seeing the, he was like, we're seeing the first iteration of this time loop. And I was saying, like, technically in a way, but also no, because if it's a time loop, it's a loop. And it means that each iteration only exists because things have been influenced by knowledge of what has come in the future of that loop, right? Aaron, we see him do the whole thing with the father, forcing him to obtain the founding Titan so that he'll be able to give it, or the attack Titan rather, so that he'll be able to give it to Aaron. We see him influence, even in this final episode, they show that he directed his mom I wish away from Burl, or the, yeah, the Titan away the from Burl, his mom. I wish they had spent more time on that because that's a very interesting, because the whole thing is that he's so motivated for the first three seasons, mostly because his mother gets killed in that Titan attack. It's so interesting that he's the reason that that happened because he's so obsessed with the idea of freedom as opposed to caring about his own mother. And that's just like something that's so torturing for his character. And they just kind of blow past it a little bit. I was like, blow past it, but I I don't, but yeah, that's the stuff of it. Like he's influencing the events. Like the whole thing that kicks off the series is his mom dying. He's the one that set that in motion so that he would go down the path that leads to him getting to where he is now with the rumbling. So there, all those events that we see taking place, which for us was like, oh yeah, this is the first time this is happening. And the only time it's happening because there are no time travel shenanigans, we think initially. But then now we can see that, oh, he is affecting all this. He's orchestrating it. He's making it happen, which is only possible if he knows the future. But the future only comes about if he influences the past and the present in order to create that future. So that's the whole thing of time loop. It's like, it is a paradox. That's what it's whole meant, yeah. to, meant to be. And Dude, I don't you gotta watch I, dark. Dude, you got to watch dark. You keep saying Netflix. that I will at some point, but oh my until God, then, again, unless it's some like pulpy sort of thing where it's just about, you know, having fun with the time shenanigans, if it gets introduced into a story that initially didn't have anything to do with time travel, I just think it, it cheapens everything else and it makes it confusing. And so I don't, I don't like that they went that route of making it such a big element to it. Cause again, it, it destroys like the motivations here for Ymir and like why she wasn't able to in the curse at any point and why, like whether or not Aaron was being compelled by what Ymir wanted him to do and what the timeline was set out for him, or could he change things? And he just decided to like, I think it'd be more compelling of his character to decide that this has to be the way things have to go even though they aren't like you just you just don't understand the lengths a simple go to keep simping bro they'll (laughs) just they'll just go for it i mean two thousand years ain't shit man yeah not for a simp so she ends the uh the titan curse which also it wasn't clear if that was like part of aaron's plan like he seemed to want to do the rumbling for a million different contradictory reasons um but did he know that Ymir was going to end the the curse? It didn't seem like it when he was talking with Armin. He was just like, oh, yeah, Ymir makes a choice based off Mikasa or whatever Mikasa's choice was. Um, but I don't even know if that was like part of his master plan or his intention. So he could have, again, that's part of the thing, like he could have left the world with 80% dead, but also the Titans are still around. And so the Titan curse hasn't been lifted and that could cause a whole bunch of problems down the road. 
the other thing with his his issue the the whole thing about the island and he wanted mm-hmm. to make sure like that was protected we see that the jaegerists take over yeah right like they're now in charge all the a fascist government yeah for and then Jäger. dude I, i'll tell you what it's so fun like right now saying their Arne. names yeah saying it, it it is a lot of fun yeah because always says yeah her little eh. Eh. Like she never says the Aaron. Eh. just eh. Eh. so yeah we get to see Jäger. the jaegerists take over which here's what that means right they would definitely try and finish the job of killing the rest of the world because they loved his plan so much and they believed in it. Mm-hmm. So they, why would they not? Um, especially if they're already like damaged at the moment and crippled militarily. So they would definitely do that. And also when Armin and the rest of them try and come back to the island, they would be executed on site. Like they were already imprisoned before like when aaron was trying to carry out the plan now that aaron's dead they killed aaron their beloved leader so why would they not kill them all so that was the other thing too if like if aaron's plan was all of this did he know that he was leaving behind uh the island that would be taken over by people that would try and cause more wars and more conflict and also would probably want to kill the people that stopped him. I don't know if he could see the future past his own death. Right. But that's the thing too of like, I did it for you guys. I wanted you to have freedom, but then not thinking through what creating the whole Jaegerist clan would do. He does um, admit that he's an idiot. Home. He did say that too, but that's also like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm a fool. That was like, just getting carried along. It's a fool like, that was just given power. It's kind of what it is. In a way, but it's like, it was his unstoppable determination that like was able to make him do all these things like he doesn't just get through like all the crazy things that happen in season four sure he might have some elements of foresight but it's also like an insane level of dedication that is driving him forward and causing him to do all this it's not like he just happened into this and he was bumbling around and hit a big red button that nukes the world no he like carefully orchestrated all this to happen um he's still an idiot well yeah he's in the wrong for doing this and so he's stupid for that but to cast it off of like oh yeah i didn't really i was just i don't know i like couldn't think of a a better way to do it it's like no it was his whole deal of freedom and like his Mm -hmm. twisted perception of that which made him like do this stuff and yes he's an idiot for that specific perception but yeah, I don't know, that phrasing as well sort of was was off. Um, but yeah, then they had, uh, we see Historia. Mm-hmm. Get to see her come back after being sidelined for <laughs> the past season and a half. Um, all the different parts of season four. So that, that was curious too. I forget the whole thing of like why the pregnancy was such an important um, element. Well, but she just, I mean, yeah, she gave birth. She's chilling. I wish they would have done more with her. Um, with the stuff at the ends, again, like the, I wish there would have been more deaths. Like Connie is fine. Cause that too, like they, they all sort of were like, wow, especially after they reveal that, you know, Aaron was coming and having conversations with them. 
they really start like excusing what he did and was like, oh yeah, like he did it for us. Like it was tough, an awful thing, but you know, it all worked out. Like the Titans are gone and we're going to be able to be chill. Um, 80% ain't shit. Yeah. So I wish still got 20. more of Aaron's people near him. Like only Sasha really dies. I guess kind of Hanji as well, but that was like self-sacrifice. Only Sasha really dies um, as a result of him like enacting all these plans. Really so more so. of his friends should have died so that again there's less of that argument of oh it was actually for them i, I just don't like that approach because again you put them in harm's way we see when they're like fighting those reincarnated titans like levi almost gets his leg bit off like He's paralyzed getting choked out by the okapi thing um and nearly asphyxiates and also gets like a bloody leg so it's like on one hand he's like yeah i'm giving you freedom anything can happen but on the other hand he's like oh nothing's gonna happen to hurt you guys it's like i wish they just would have allowed it to where he's like he's so dedicated to this thing that even if his friends die he's gonna continue with it and he can maybe feel bad about it and remorseful like he did for sasha but i feel like there should have been a higher death count as a result of what he had done among yeah. his like friends even on young capone 80 percent. yeah on capone he was he got the plane crashed, but he was chilling. Yeah, he's still there, yeah. Um, but yeah, Levi, I thought it was a great moment when he was able to see those scouts, and then he does the little, the thing, the salute. But I was also like, why are we just seeing, this has never happened before, where the dead people are just showing up. Um, and we can just see them. Sasha did that too, but I guess it's the end. They just want to show everyone, bring everyone back, have it be a big finale. Um, Gabby and Falco, again, I thought they, he just comes in and flies in, and Gabby is an expert marksman. They don't really had much beyond that, though, in the final few chapters, which yeah. I thought was also a missed opportunity. Like, the way that they, Gabby in particular, was a parallel to Aaron. I thought they could have maybe done more with that um, to juxtapose them, and again, Aaron's, like, misguided plan. But, yeah. yeah. And then we have Raina. He Raina. I think he definitely has atoned for what he did earlier in the series. I had I thought for a long time too, like similar to Zeke, I'm like he's got to go in order to pay for what has happened. But I think he's done enough. My man, my man has suffered greatly. Oh yeah, especially in the beginning of season four. Oh my god. Yeah, terrible. So I think he's good. But Ani, I was like, she she's getting off a little scot free. Like she did <laughs> terrible things in uh like that season one like half the people oh, Levi yeah. seen were killed by her um and then the she's just in a crystal for all of it so it's like oh she's not even really like imprisoned and being punished for her crimes like she did that to protect herself just so that she wouldn't get eaten and lose the or killed and lose the titan power um and then she wanted to not fight in the end she's like i just want to have a peaceful like chill out and she was definitely i mean you can sympathize she was brought into this as a child, like essentially molded to be a weapon instead of living out life as a kid, as mm. she should have been able to. Um, but even then, it's like, okay, now start making up for that by helping the people out. And she chose not to. And then again, she was forced by Falco and Gabby when she learned of that. And she's like, oh, I guess I had to come. But I feel like, yeah, she either needed to sacrifice herself in the end or they need to do something because again like her she she's just going to show up with all the rest of the the gang 
at uh, Eldia, and they're all just going to be chill with with her. Because it's not like they need them anymore. They don't have the Titan powers. So would they really be just letting them chill out and hang out with uh, the rest of the Eldians? I don't know that they would. But, yeah. Any other thing you want to say about that before we talk about the ending credits? Nah. Let's talk about the ending credits. Bro, why was it so small? Why was it so small in the corner? Couldn't see anything going on. I was pissed. Yeah, you're very uh, upset about that. I wanted to uh, see it. I was like, I was, I was, it was like the little when when you're watching Netflix and it goes to the next episode and the credits start playing and it puts it up in the corner and I have to be like, no, 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 wait, and I have to go back and like click it to watch with the rest of it. It was like I wanted to click the rest of it to to make it larger so I could see what's going on instead of the credits. And I fucking couldn't. Mm-hmm. So we see during the the credits after squinting and moving closer to the screen, we can see. That uh, things move on. So yeah, like Mikasa chilling by the tree near Aaron's grave. Um, and then we go through time. There's a time lapse. And we see the, uh, I guess, Shiganshina. That city is getting much more developed. We're seeing more technology. We're seeing skyscrapers go up. So they have progressed. And then we see 9-11. We see they fly some sort of plane <laughs> helicopter thing into the building and then war returns we see some like tanks or whatever uh vehicles firing off missiles to the city and then later on we see just a whole destruction of yeah. china atomic it's, bombs um I mean, they were a lot. It seemed like overkill to send like 50 nukes. I don't know if they were actually nukes, but a whole bunch of rockets fall into that city and destroy it. Um, So what are your thoughts on that? It's kind of depressing. The idea that like they did all of this and the show goes for so long. And the idea is that for so long they wanted peace. And the idea that even when there is peace, conflict will still continue is just kind of depressing. Right. But I think it... uh, it fits in with the larger themes that they're trying to yeah, of like physical violence and humanity's nature. There's always going to be conflict that arises. So I thought that was yeah. a very bold choice to make. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we see it going on all too often, especially, I mean, right now there's a great example of that going on of just these past atrocities becoming fodder that fuel current ones. And then that'll influence what happens many years down the line. So yeah, 80% of the world got destroyed. At some point, there's going to probably be retaliation. So that's what happens. The one issue I have with it is it just partially bolsters the Jaegerist position of like, well, if it would have been 100%, then they wouldn't have been attacked. Like that's what Flock says. And when he's dying, he's like, we need this or else we will get destroyed. Um, And so they try and do a thing of like, oh, it happens way later in the future, which that aspect... I like because it's not like a few years down the line they get destroyed. It's like this is way later. Like There's Aaron a long period of, of relative peace. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that period. And it's just like this could be a whole nother conflict. Like we also don't know exactly what the uh, the thing is. It, if I were doing it, I think it would have been compelling to make it like a civil war amongst uh, the island paradise because then that would have eliminated the idea. And it would have emphasized the theme of like, say the rumbling happens. 
and you get rid of all the other people and then you're like, okay, we needed to do that. Like it was an awful thing, but it had to happen because they would never forgive the Eldians. Um, and so they would always be trying to destroy us. So it's either us or them. One genocide is going to happen one way or the other. Again, completely fallacious. Don't think that's the case, but say that that happens. I think you could dismantle that approach by showcasing that no matter what, you get rid of one outgroup, then the little divisions amongst the end group are going to strengthen and broaden, and then there becomes a new outgroup. Yeah. It's just going to happen over and over. Like tribalism is such that there will be people that you can define as not us, them, enemy, and then there's conflict. So I think that would have been helpful to dismantle this thing of like, oh, see, if if Aaron had succeeded with 100%, they would have been fine and they wouldn't have gotten destroyed. Um, so that's the one issue where I'm like, dang, some people are going to definitely take that the wrong way. But I think it, it touches on the idea of like the cyclical violence and that is more than likely what is realistic. Like it wouldn't have just been peace for the rest of time. Like there's definitely going to be another war. I mean, you see it like at yeah, World War II, they were saying, World War One, even, they were saying like, oh yeah, the Great War, the one to end all wars. And obviously not the case like there will never be one that finishes it all off unless it's the big one that does kill 100 percent of everyone on earth so yep. yeah except the Eldians. <laughs> they stay nah. so the um after that we get to see the way further further in the future like the ruins of the city this apocalyptic landscape there's a kid and a dog, and then they show up at the tree where Aaron was buried. And it has the similar look to the tree that Ymir went into when she got the power of the Titan from that worm. Bro, what if dogs get the power of the Titans and all dogs become Titans? That would be so good. Oh, my gosh. What a good sequel that would be. <laughs> it would be. That would be... if. He... <laughs> Because, yeah, this could definitely lead to a sequel. Hopefully they do not. That would be horrible. But um, that would be funny if they just did a tongue-in-cheek like little sequel where it is all about the dogs. That'd be funny. That'd be great. They got that dog in them. Mm-hmm. Do you so, have yeah. any other final thoughts about the show? I think... About the finale. An amazing show. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Like watching it through both it's times, crazy. Oh it my was god, fantastic! The writing is like off the charts. It One of the so greatest much- first watches you'll ever get. Like watching it, yes. like the the twists of it are insane. Such a beautiful binge worthy experience. Some of the yeah. best episodes again I've ever seen. Like I I go back to the stuff in season three that like trifecta. Oh yeah, of perfect game hero midnight sun. It's just amazing amazing stuff so it's it's definitely it's in the top 10 for me of all time of shows yeah like it's that incredible and this ending while definitely somewhat disappointing i don't think that it, it has the knockback effect of ruining everything that comes before it no like it does it yeah it does pain me that like god it was so beautifully constructed all throughout the rest of it and it's like I just think that time loop thing, it just, it made it get a bit messy in ways that everything doesn't slot together um, perfectly. But 
overall, I don't think it yeah, diminishes the insane achievements in storytelling that the rest of the series was able to pull off. Just fantastic. What are your thoughts overall of this anime? Now, I didn't watch it for the first time until a couple years ago. But I will say it is one of the most thrilling binges I've ever had in my life. Like, it's so exhilarating start to finish for sure. And it's something that I do want to rewatch start to finish in its entirety one day. I was a little disappointed by the ending, but I think it's because it just got petered out over so long. Too many years of waiting, Mm -hmm. which kind of sucks. The momentum definitely just dropped. But it's still fantastic. Like, I mean, the writing is excellent. The animation is incredible. The story is wild. Like, I don't know how you come up with a story like this. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's, the it's way so, it, it's so brilliantly original. Exactly. The way it evolves, too. I just love when yeah. shows are able to do that. Um, and it was meaningful. Like, it, it was so compelling and fascinating. Obviously, mm-hmm. a great hook. And in the beginning, they it still found a lot of important, meaningful things to hone in on but then what it became later on like once you bring in the whole history of like the Eldians and the Marlians and the like unending persecution that both are sending against each other and it just it is so well done and speaks beautifully to like these horrible awful very tough things that happen in life uh, and it does it in a way where there's also the best action sequences you'll see, but then also just haunting imagery, beautiful characters. Just it's, it's amazing the way it's able to pull off so many of these things to be so like superficially entertaining, but also Mm -hmm. so deep having so much to say and comment about in the world and the nature of humanity. Um, Like yeah, very powerful stuff. So that is beautiful. Isayama, amazing work amazing stuff that he did so very happy that we saw this again shout out to brandon for being the one that put me onto this and then i was like i gotta gotta have some podcast episodes about it so i put you onto it so thanks to him for showing us attack on titan it shout was out brandon yeah absolutely all right well that's all the time we have if you'd like to give your thoughts on the show you can email us at the box office show pod at gmail.com our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast I'd be listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.